tragic loss of Buffy's mother brought family and friends together in an episode TV guide called One of the Finest Hours of Television Ever. Mommy. Now. And give her peace. Remembrance of things past will break their innocence and shake their faith. I have to do these things because when I stop, she's really gone. David Boreanaz returns a special all-new Buffy. <laughs> Welcome to Late Night Stormtrooper Pal, also known as If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me. This is a weekly podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We take a look at each episode according to its original air date 20 years ago, and this week's episode is Season 5, Episode 17, Forever. We'll be talking about plot, we'll be talking about characters, and we'll be talking about the monkey's paw. So spoilers abound for this episode, every episode before it, after it, the comics, and probably other shows and movies. Damn the, oh my gosh, damn the Wiccan oaths, bring on zombie joys. Welcome back. It feels like it's been forever. You see what I did there? You see what I did there? I mean, it really has been, though. Um, for me, especially, my name is Kelly, and I'm hosting this podcast with two other people. Wonderful co-host number one, Stacia, say hello. Hello. Uh, other co-host, Daniel, say hello. But you have a Beat Me Pod, a Beat Me Pod that isn't the Beat Me Pod of illegal podcast labor. We're not here to talk about my legitimacy as a host. We're here to talk about episode 17 of season five of Buffy, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, <laughs> originally aired on April 17th of the year 2001. Wow, she's not even going to go back and fix it. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> uh, written and directed by Marty Noxon. This is the... Marty Noxon is of who fame? Of Marty Noxon fame, yes, correct. Okay, good. <laughs> I did not clarify that. You're right. I'm, I guys must have been so confused. Man, this is tough. This is I tough. know. Uh, so the last episode she directed, the only other one she'll direct for this season, series, sorry, series, was Into the Woods, which she also wrote. So this is 19 of 23 for her writing for the series. Uh, the next one will be Bargaining Part 1, so she won't have another episode till season six. But we're getting very close to season six. Very scarily close. Mm. What happened in this episode a lot of grief a lot of dealing and not dealing to possibly almost very scary dire consequences uh i mean that's that's basically it It, it's just we kind of are focusing on our gang being sad that joyce is dead and don's way of not coping is to just why don't i just bring mom back and then i don't have to deal at all uh and spoiler I already did a spoiler warning. I shouldn't have to say that again. But, yeah, she tries to bring Joyce back from the dead, and it uh, it doesn't... Well, we don't know. It was possibly a pet cemetery situation, but Dawn finally has a crisis of conscience right at the end where Joyce is presumably about to break through the door. Buffy runs to it, but then she tears up the image of Joyce, which was part of the spell to bring her back, which uh, ends the spell before we get to see zombie Joyce, which, better or worse, I don't know. We might have missed out on a very cool... Zombie makeup. Who knows? But at least we avoided trauma for our characters any more so than we've already put them through. Uh, fun facts. Things. This is the first time we've seen Angel since the Yoko Factor. Oh, yeah. Angel's in this episode. <laughs> I guess I could have said that in the plot, but who cares? He's <laughs> really irrelevant. Yeah. Super. Um, and the This is the last appearance of Giles' apartment. That brief, beautiful scene we get of him listening to. Cream, uh, obviously, remembering Joyce. There's a little continuity with Dawn calling on Osiris to bring Joyce back from the dead. 
not that it's like shocking because Osiris was the ancient Egyptian god of not only the dead, like death, but also fertility, agriculture, life, the afterlife, and uh, resurrection, which is the most applicable that thing here. Like a lot. He's a god of basically everything. Hats. Yeah, honestly. But considering there's so many monotheistic religions that they just do it all. I mean, you know, yeah. splitting up just a little bit. It's kind of nice. Yeah, but if you're going to split up duties, why not, you know. Split them up. Only have one. <laughs> yeah, and split them up. Especially ones that are, like, really antithetical, like life and death. You would think there's one guy for that. And agriculture. Yeah, and agriculture. I mean, I guess I get it right because it's all new life. What the hell ever. Anyway, Willow's going to call on Osiris two times in the future. Once to bring Buffy back very mm. shortly and then once to try and fail to bring Tara back. Um Yeah. In the script, there's a stage direction that says during Joyce's funeral scene that it should be in a real cemetery, i.e., not our parking lot, which they use their their front like parking lot sounds like to to make all the cemetery scenes, but not for this one. And man, did we sure shoot there a bunch because we got it for the day, people. Let's just use it. I did have that thought. I'm like, this is not their parking lot. How did they get all those graves? It's a real cemetery. Uh, Joel Gray, who plays the very creepy, very effective Doc, is actually a big deal actor. I did not realize that he'd been around forever. I mean, I'm sure anyone else that's of like actual culture knows him very well, but he, uh, <laughs> not me. My only reference for him is is this show. So, this is the most important thing he's ever done in his career, for me. Uh, but he was, yeah, he uh, <laughs> actually got won an Oscar in 1973 for what? his supporting. Best Supporting Actor Oscar for his role as the MC in the movie adaptation of Cabaret. Uh, but before that, he had played that character uh, in Cabaret for years. So he, he won some other... He's won lots of awards, but a lot for theater stuff. Uh, and guess what else he is? The father of none other than Jennifer Grey. Don't put baby in a corner. Did you know that? I didn't know that. That's her dad. Wow. In the movie or wow. actually her dad? No, in real life. Her, her dad in the movie is the guy from Law and Order. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That no, was no, confusing no. me. I'm like, I don't think that's right. No, Joel Grey, <laughs> father of Jennifer Grey. Okay. Wow. Uh, Hang on one second. That's cool. That is a fun fact, Kelly. That's a fun right? fact. Right? Uh, okay, so. What well, Buffy actors were also in? Cabaret? No. <laughs> Dirty Dancing. What Buffy actors were also in Dirty Dancing? Yeah. I don't know. Are there other ones? I don't know. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) You always play this game. (laughs) I don't know Dirty Dancing, though. I've only seen it, like, once. Um, So the the ankles of what might have been Zombie Choice, not Christine Sutherland. She's not credited Mm. for this episode, and it's not actually her, because... Why guess would you, you could, bring her Guess you could have ankles. anybody be ankles, turns out. <laughs> Credited <laughs> as ankles. Uh, Marty Noxon said about this episode, uh, I thought she did the commentary, but she didn't. Uh, to me, the idea of wanting to defy death is just as inherent, is just an inherent, oh my God, almost mythological, iconic notion. It's something we can relate to, so anytime that the menace or supernatural thing comes out of some kind of real universal longing, I'm so into it. I feel that's what the show was all about. We were just thinking, if you were in Sunnydale and someone you loved died, you would absolutely call on the forces of darkness. That's what you do because you're in in that stage of mourning. You're not accepting your bargaining, which will become very apt, obviously, for bargaining part one and two. That's what we're doing. Why doesn't Willow bring Tara back? She can't. She tries. 
she she's like as soon as Terra dies, she's like, Osiris, Mega have witch time, and he's like, no, and she's like, bah! and then like hurts, <laughs> floaty Osiris somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's where she doesn't take that super well, and then you know murders Warren. I remember that part. Yeah. No, she tries. She tries. But he said because she died a mortal death, not a supernatural one, that she can't come back. Which I'm like, we're playing fast and loose with the rules here. I'm sure if we want, if she wasn't tarot <laughs> or we didn't need the plot demand, we could have brought her back. No fucking problem. Like, Dobby Christine Sutherland came back. I mean, not Christine. Ankles came back. So, I don't know, man. Okay. She died a natural death for all we know. All right. Well, Dawn also bringing up the whole, like, you know, Wicca, Wiccans, you know, don't try to go after it because they can do it. It's like, this is a thing that can happen in the world. Like for sure. They could have brought Tara back in oh, yeah. lore. Like, but you just, we're not going to because nope. she's not on the show anymore. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Cause yeah. we decided that's not the point. The, the point is it's bad because, because witches can't be allowed to alter the fabric of life for selfish reasons. Wiccans took an oath a long time ago to honor that. So it's possible to bring someone back. They wouldn't have taken an oath if they didn't know they could do it. So this episode obviously deals with we want Joyce back. Dawn specifically. It's a very Dawn-heavy episode that she wants uh, Joyce back. And we've talked before, uh, I think it's during The Wish, about genies and like trickster demon gods where there's a, a price to pay for wishing, right? Um, but... That that idea, notion in pop culture is not from the monkey's paw, which Sasha's going to tell us about in a second. But it, I've definitely heard that term before, the monkey's paw, in reference to people that wish for something. Be careful what you wish for, right? It, it, right. It's not like that was a novel idea to the story, the monkey's paw, but it's certainly um, what that story is about. And Marty Noxon took pretty heavily from that story for specifically the last scene uh, of our episode here. So, Stasia, can you tell me what that story is? Because I've never actually looked into what that story was. You just, in pop culture, it's one of those things that's like such a given in pop culture. You hear the monkey's paw and you know contextually what they're talking about. It's a, it's the uh, price to pay for, for wishing, you know. Yeah, what is this thing? It is a monkey's paw dating back to a long bin of the It has the power to grant wishes to its owner. Yeah? How much? Sir, I must strongly advise you to not purchase this. Behind every wish lurks grave misfortune. I myself was once president of Algeria. Come on, pal. I don't want to hear your life story. Paw me! So, tell me, tell me what the story is. Just tell me. All right, so The Monkey's Paw is a short story written by W.W. Jacobs, which was first published in 1902. Um, essentially, this is about Mr. and Mrs. White and their son, Herbert. And Mr. White has a friend who's like, hey, do you see this shriveled up monkey paw that I have? Mr. White was like, yeah. And he was like, it's cursed. I'm going to burn it. (laughs) Mr. White was like, wait, why is it cursed? And he's like, well, because you get three wishes, but every single wish um, gives you terrible consequences and it's not worth it. You know, the wish I wished, you know, the price wasn't worth it, so I'm going to burn it. And so he throws it in the fire and then Mr. White's like, whoa, 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 just a second there. I think maybe I want to ruin my life. So he grabs (laughs) the monkey paw out of the fire and he says, you know, honestly, I have a really blessed life and I can't really think of anything I want, but to hell with it. I would like 200 pounds. Which is the amount that I need to pay off my mortgage. I would take 200 pounds, please, shriveled, cursed monkey paw. <laughs> and he felt it, sh- like, convulse like a snake in his hand, which freaked him out. 
then nothing happened. And he went home and he was like, oh, la, 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 I guess it doesn't really work. Because, you know, 200 pounds didn't just magically appear in his hand, I guess. But then he had uh, someone come to his house the next day and he's like, I am very sorry to tell you, Mr. White, but your son Herbert was killed in a factory accident. He was crushed unrecognizably, but we are sure it's him. And as um, a token of our condolences, here's 200 pounds. Who saw that coming? Tough. Yeah. And so he gasps because he's like, oh, my God, the monkey's paw. That's how I got the money. It's a terrible curse. And him and his wife, they're both very, very sad. Ten days pass. And then the wife was like, do you still have the monkey's paw? And he's like, yeah, it's in the living room. Like, uh, obviously. <laughs> I'm not going to burn this thing. <laughs> and she was like, wish for our son to come back. And he was like, oh, oh, I, no. don't, I don't know if we should do that. You know, that <laughs> 200 pounds wasn't really good. You know, wishing for your dead to king smashed up son I don't I don't think I want to see that and she was like no oh. I couldn't be scared of the thing I gave birth to do it now oh no so she said it just like that I I imagine she did <laughs> so he does he wishes for his son back and he just feels terrible like this horrible sense of dread and of course the son doesn't magically appear but you know an hour later, there comes a knock at the door, and he has a sudden realization that the cemetery where his son was buried was two miles away, and he knows what's at the door, and his wife is like, oh my god, what is that? And he tries to say, it's a rat, it's a rat, it's nothing, just ignore it, and the knocking gets louder and louder, and she's scrambling up, and she has to go down to the door, and she can't get the deadbolt open, and he's trying to find the monkey's paw, and he's freaking out because he doesn't want her to see what horrible creation he's wrought with this cursed horrible object he finds the monkey's paw and he whispers to it that he doesn't want his son back and she opens the door and there's a gust of wind and she screams and nothing is there wow this sounds familiar yeah no kidding so that's it that's that on that wow stacia asked a uh, fair question what was the price of the son being deaded right like like re-disappeared or both you asked both both. because the story doesn't say and you would think yeah. that it would be awful. And, you know, spark notes and, like, different college courses, <laughs> like, kids talking about, like, the themes and stuff are basically like, well, you know, the price of him being brought back to life is that he's probably a horrible zombie creature. Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess the price of him, you know, not being alive anymore is that he's dead forever. But he was already dead yeah. forever, so that's not really a price. Not really yeah, the price. third one doesn't seem like it has an additional consequence. Yeah. It's more just like yeah. the first, the thing that you had to begin with was now you have to deal with your pain. Like, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. about it. But uh, I so thought yeah, 200 I mean, pounds, I thought it was going to be like, I don't understand currency because I'm a monkey's paw. So I thought they were just going to gain 200 pounds overnight. <laughs> I mean, that would be a much happier situation, I would feel like, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just be like, oh, wow, that's weird. I guess <laughs> I'll, I, I can undo that, right? I mean, I'll just. Yeah. I'm like, now my son is crushed to death. My, my son has been Ooh. crushed to death. What? Why, why couldn't it have been anything else? Publisher's Clearinghouse didn't exist? Like, come on. Because it's Give cursed. Every wish gives you a terrible oh. consequence. Right, right. That's why his friend at the beginning was like, I must burn it. This thing is terrible. See, yeah. I didn't. when you said 200 pounds, I didn't think, I mean, I know the story that it was money, but like, I didn't think that it was 200 pounds money and and not that you would gain 200 pounds but that'd be like 200 pounds of like bananas because monkey oh 200 pounds of something 
Wow, because like, um, <laughs> monkey phone. Yeah. That's amazing. It's like that joke where someone asks for like a 12-inch penis, and then they get a 12-inch mm. tall pianist instead because the genie misses him. Uh, nice. And it's just this tiny little guy playing at a very mini piano. Ooh, or in the, uh, I believe, 1998 classic film Bedazzled, which was actually a remake of an older film, but the 98 one's the classic one with Elizabeth Hurley and Brendan Fraser and Good. he I love that movie that's a great movie <laughs> he wishes to have a giant penis but then she makes him gay oh. what is he supposed to do with that <laughs> fuck dudes <laughs> 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 jokes 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 oh, out of the man. 90s what the hell is going on Mary who are you don't play games with me Mr. Richards I'm in no mood I've been out of my mind all night Oh, my God. Hi. Who's your little friend? Maybe I should be running along. Uh, wait. No, this is a mistake. I'm not gay. Oh, really? <sighs> Thank you for that. Stacia, did you like this episode of FTD? Yeah. That's a pretty good episode, yeah. I guess. I don't know. What did you like about it? I guess maybe I didn't like it. <laughs> I'm done so quickly. Sometimes we have to go through the whole episode before there's an opinion change. But you're like, eh. I don't, I don't know. I mean, there's pieces of it I like. I, the Joyce coming back as a zombie. I mean, oftentimes I find, and I feel like this might be true for a lot of people, is that the scariest things are the things they don't actually show you because, like, whatever your mind is coming up with is scarier than whatever they actually like. Um put on camera so yeah. the idea of Joyce in like some sort of horrible decomposed state kind of like schlumping her way to the door is a really scary image and one of like the scariest things that Buffy does mm-hmm. um, and they don't even, <laughs> they don't even have to show anything except for ankles and it ain't even her ankles and it ain't even oh her ankles God. so I like I like that because I feel like that gets into like a true horror space that Buffy only kind of dabbles with but then there's a lot of it that's feels kind of like empty space yeah. where you just have to like stumble over like Willow being like here's the, the book and then Cora Demon <laughs> and then yeah that whole thing with the egg and uh-huh. it's just it, so that feels like a little bit like and then you tack on like this really cool scene at the end I think that's why I'm split about it because when I do think about the scary scenes in Buffy, this is one of the ones that comes to mind, along yeah. with like Anya cutting her face and laughing, mm-hmm. and yeah. then um, obviously like in Hush, the yeah, the John Man, yeah. really creepy, yeah, and conversations with dead people too, yeah. I I was confusing that with this one too. I kind of like, isn't there a scene in conversations where? Like the house is rattling and there's like crazy stuff. Yeah, going Joyce on. is All right, possessing that's, that's... the house. Don thinks Joyce is possessing the house. Yeah. So that that was part of my I forgot the two. Mm. So I thought that was what was gonna happen here. Yeah, no, the episode was pretty good, but I feel the exact same way. It's like my God, like it wasn't only the the Gora demon or whatever that all really sucked the life out of this shit. But yeah. it really I I watching Tara not understand what Willow was saying. I was in, I was losing my mind. Like Tara has no idea that Willow was lying to her about the book. Oh yeah! Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, and she's so obvious. It's just a history book. It might answer some of her questions. I don't think she could do any harm with that stuff, could she? Well, it's not a how-to guide, but it refers to specific resurrection spells and potions. But I didn't. I mean, hey, 
How, how'd she know that? I, I don't know, but God, what else did she take? Nothing. I, I, I think, I, I think she took nothing else. But maybe she did, and, and we should probably look, because who knows? I, I don't. Gaslighter, denier, doing anything to get your ass farther. All Willow sees right now is a mark. She's like, I got it. Because she's like slowly, I mean, as we've been watching this season, getting away with more and more and more. And I don't think she's doing it on purpose. Obviously there, she would have been more than willing. And I just don't see the reason why Tara couldn't be like, bitch, I know you did it. I know you gave it to her. I understand why you did, but we got to stop it now. And I, it wouldn't have impacted anything. So I don't know why they didn't do it um, unless they were setting up what was to come, I guess. But but Sarah Michelle Geller and Michelle Trachtenberg were incredible. And oh, yeah. in a way, I'm glad we didn't do another like really sad body episode. Like we got to have a little bit of humor and light a little bit, even though it was a very heavy episode. But I wish they maybe just went super heavy. I don't know what intervention is going to be next week, but like make that the super light, the stupor, the stupid light episode. And just really close out the Joy Saga on a high note. And I, I, they still did. I mean, that end scene is so good that it really puts to to rest, you know, a lot of the Gora demons and all the stupid stuff. But I just wish it was just serious all the way through, I guess. I definitely agree. I think that that Marty clearly had that, that monkey's paw scene in her head. Like, mm-hmm. I want that to happen yeah. for sure. I want to do the the awesome. My other favorite part uh, is not necessarily the Buffy and Angel cemetery scene, but the transition when they're all. St- I like the whole funeral scene where it's just like you can't really hear anything, but you know it's because we're all we're just going through the minutia of like generic funeral scene because that's not what's important. But that cool transition from from day to night, I fucking love that. I, so I think she had a, a couple of beats in her head that she definitely wanted, but then it was like, oh, fuck, we only got twenty minutes of show. Uh, Xander Nanya. I think this was a clear one where Sarah. Uh, Michelle was like, I'm definitely tired from the body. And like, we have definitely agreed that like, I'm not going to do the heavy lifting in this one. So like the next one's got to be a little more chill for me because I got to put in a lot of work at the end here because she, you know, I mean, she did have two big scenes in this, in this episode, Um, but it felt weird because she did feel very distant. Like she was gone. It was weird to hang out with Spike and Dawn again. But that was kind of fun, I guess. I don't know. I'm kind of torn on it all, too. But the camera work was great. I, I thought of the scene where they were in the um, upstairs and, like, she was panning through all those old old photographs and we went into the girls' bedrooms, like, on this one little shot. I was yeah. like, that's beautiful. Oh, I beautiful. like that a lot where you see, yeah, you see Buffy on the bed and then panning over to her on the bed. Yeah, And really all the old shot. photos and just, like, yeah, like, all this stuff going on. I mean, it was great. It was really impactful. And Trachtenberg was so good being so distraught and... A lot of the themes from Real Me were brought up again. It's like everything that we've been hitting this season, it's coming to play here. Like this is a great episode because it's a great season five episode where we're hitting everything. And Glory gets to find out that it's a corporeal person, right? So that's a big yeah. thing that happens in this episode just along with all this other shit. So Yeah, I kept forgetting – even though I watched the episode multiple times, like I keep forgetting things happen in it. Like when I was going to rank it, and I was like, "Man, who's the bad guy in this episode? Is it like, is it Donna's inability to deal with trauma?" Blah blah blah. And I was like, "Oh my god, there's a fucking terrible demon in this episode! I completely forgot." Oh god. Anyway, when Dawn broke the egg, and I knew they had to go back, I was just beyond <laughs> myself. I was like, "How could you? How could you?" Like we've done bad eggs, but these were worse eggs. It's like come <laughs> the on. Worst Um, You had two eggs sunny side up. I remember because they were wiggling at me like little boobs. 
Sassy eggs. So we've kind of covered a lot of the episode, but let's go back over it from the beginning. <laughs> oh, uh, wow. <laughs> I mean, we could just call it a day here. Let's start yelling and get, it, get out of this. Um, all right. So we start with our little teaser scene of Buffy being at the funeral home picking out a casket. Daniel, as someone who forgets a lot about the episodes, did you think that she was hunting for a vampire? Did you think she was picking out a casket? Come on, I've seen Six Feet Under. I'm only sad because he was one year away from Six Feet Under really becoming a hit. This poor guy, he got no loving in this mm. episode. He comes off as a freaky douche. and It's a fine choice. It speaks of your deep feeling for the deceased. He's like the guy that that works for the competing, the big right. conglomerate yes, totally. uh, of all the funeral totally. homes. He's got no heart. He's not a Fisher and Sons boy. <laughs> He's not a uh, Fisher and Sons boy. He's just trying to get that upsell. This yeah. means that you had a great feeling for the deceased. Man. No, I did whatever. not think she was going for a vampire. I I mean, I did watch last week, so I know Joyce is dead and needs a needs a basket. So. <laughs> we, needed to, we needed to deal with yeah. that. That is normal. Uh, so we, we kind of just transitioned from there into the um, like the dinner kind of team meeting scene uh, where, you know, Buffy's worrying about hashing out the details for the funeral and doing that kind of unfun stuff. And Don obviously feels really isolated. So we also get a comment um, in the funeral home where it's like, Don's like, do you think that's what mom would want? You know, she's going to be the one that's in it forever. Forever, the word forever is only said three times in this episode. Once by Don in that scene. Once by Buffy with, with Angel, obviously, forever. How does forever work for you? And then once by Anya when she's doing the, the weird post-sex scene. Um, Don's obviously feeling excluded. She didn't get, she was like, well, we're going to pick this casket. What if, what if mom wouldn't like that one? Oh, do you want to pick a different one? No, it's settled. Buffy's just like, no, that's the one we're getting. And then during the, the dinner when they're making the arrangements, they're talking about the flowers. What are we going to do after, I mean... Are we just gonna come back here? Uh, I don't know. I guess so. Um, how about at the request of the family, there will be no wake. Good. Yeah, it's got the. Uh, I don't want to be here. And she's like, "What flowers you get in?" She's like, "I don't know, white ones, whatever." And just keeps ignoring her. And then I think, like, really, like a heartbreaking, tiny moment that Trachtenberg does when she's like, "I don't want to be here," and like no one's, no one's listening to her. Um, do you think Dawn should be included in this stuff, Stacia? Do you think it's right that Buffy is just like taking charge because she needs to, or she feels like she has to, or should she be leaning like leaning a little more on Dawn? Yeah, I mean, I think you could make that argument that she's trying to shield her. I don't know that it's that selfless though. I think it's more that if Buffy can throw herself into these details and she doesn't have to actually face the reality that her mom is dead. Mm. You know, like that moment you have with Angel when she's like, but what I'm worried about is tomorrow. And he's like, what's tomorrow? And she's Mm. like, that's what I don't know. But the thing is that Dawn's been dealing with that since, you know, the moment her mom died because she hasn't had any of this other stuff to, like, focus on. Yeah. Well, that's what the meltdown at the end is, right? Like, she's like, I don't have friends or or things to distract me. I have to be here, and you're not being here. Yeah. But so I think, I mean, that's exactly it. Like, Buffy is choosing to not be here, so she's not really paying attention to Dawn. And Dawn, you know, is kind of looking for an outlet, too, and not getting it. So So do you think that, like, if she were more included in the planning or all that stuff, would that even help? Or is that not, like, really what she needs? I mean, I don't. I think since she's showing interest and saying, well, you know, is this the one that mom would want? It makes sense to be like, well, which one do you think she would want? Like, give her some, like, space to do that. I think that if she wasn't asking those questions, that it would be weird to, like, shove it on her and be like, hey, 13-year-old girl, should we get lilies? (laughs) Show her if she wants lilies! (laughs) (laughs) But if you're asking, like, I don't know. 
from what I've heard, it's like a lot of that stuff is how you were kind of trying to show that you cared about that person. So to not be able to make any of those decisions when you want to yeah. would probably be really frustrating. Totally. Yeah, I mean, I, I see it as like I, when I was listening to that whole first scene, I was thinking of all the all the memories that the monks. I'm, I'm thinking about the monks always. The monks put <laughs> yes. all the monks put all these memories in everyone's brain, and and for the first time, you know, we've been watching Dawn basically live in real time. Right? She's not. She hasn't been implanted with Joyce's life and death. Right? Like this is all new for her, and I right. really feel her in that moment because it, it almost feels to me like a des- what she's been craving this whole time, which. It's kind of crazy that we're once again icing her out just for plot, but like that's all she's ever wanted was just to be included. And if Buffy, instead of once again coming to that realization, which we've done a few times this season already, had just included her, we wouldn't have this great episode, obviously. But like, I think you do need to include her, of course. I mean, that's been her thing since the moment she was conceptualized by the monks is she wants to fit in and be involved. And she feels like she's not. And I'm sure she also feels like, Holy shit, you know, my mom, I don't know how much like I I know that I'm a ball of energy comes into her thought process, but I'm sure on some level too, it's like this girl right here has no ties. All the, none of these people have ties to me. And maybe Joyce was the only thing because she's the mom is keeping that together. Right. So maybe if Buffy, you know, she kind of says that at the end, if Buffy runs off, like you don't want to be around me, you don't want me. Like I'm nothing to you. I'm not really your sister, you know? Because I'm not real. I, I just wonder how much they are, when they speak to one another like that, I wonder how much Dawn even thinks about that or if that's been buried at this point. I don't know. That's a good point. I would I would imagine because that, that news, you know, in Blood Ties is so, like, earth-shattering, that changes your whole concept of your existence. And there's no way she doesn't think about that from time to time. I, I don't, and there's no way to know how much that weighs on any given conversation or decision that she makes. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely something that she probably thinks about. But... Uh, you would hope because we let, we love our characters that she's like, no, I'm putting that behind me. Buffy's my sister. My mom's my mom. These all these people. I'm real. Everything's real. Everything's OK. But uh, yeah, it's a good question. I don't know. Dawn, I mean, how do we know for sure? She's the one who has to be in it forever. We have a little encounter with Spike on the steps while Xander and Willow are trying to leave. Um, they really went out of their way to be like, Spike didn't leave a note. He doesn't want credit for anything. That was another kind of just like, Ugh, all right, we get it. We get it. The, the Joyce he paints, the Joyce we try so hard to paint in this episode is the Joyce that we have not been talking about for five years. But I want to believe that they believe that that is the Joyce they knew. Joyce was the only one of a lot of you that I could stand. And she's the only one with a daughter you wanted to shag. I'm touched. I liked the lady. Understand, monkey boy? She was decent. She didn't put on airs. She had a nice cuppa for me. And she never treated me like a freak. But we know better about it all. That's right. So it is kind of strange to watch See them. Daniel's super cut at the end of the body if you have any questions. Yeah. Because it's basically every line of dialogue it's, that Joyce has had in this series. six minutes of Joyce cuts. it doesn't look great for her. No, it doesn't look great. Yeah. Um, I know the way that Spike speaks about Joyce, you have to wonder if he... I mean, he he obviously really feels that way, but like, do, do they just have a completely different relationship than anyone else she's ever encountered? I don't know. Just like, and, they, and they've only had like two experiences, right? Oh, I guess they hung out in the crypt and everything. They did. Yeah. They hung out in the crypt. That was pretty good. But also, just like with the axe at the beginning, and um, you know, being in the house oh, with sure. Angel, and then he's like making funny faces at Angel or whatever. Like, they clearly were having fun there, sitting around drinking tea and stuff. So, 
I think we've seen everything he's talked about in some way. But I think they painted to be like, oh, I hang around a lot more. It's like, no, you don't. Uh, next, we go to the funeral. Obviously, Daniel pointed out the really cool shot, you know, going between Buffy's room and Don's room and all the pictures and stuff. I did wonder for a second. I was like, who are all these people? I mean, I wondered that multiple times. One, who are all these people on these walls? We've never talked about or seen them. Two, who are all these people at this? Oh, my God, yeah. Who are all these people at this funeral? It's her gallery coworkers. And that's the only thing I can come up with, right? But we know that's a lie. <laughs> We know she doesn't. Work. Yeah, I know. There's <laughs> so many people at the funeral. Look at this guy in the background. Just, he's so sad, and we don't know his pain. That could be our guy. That could be Bill or whoever she was dating. Oh, yeah. Know? I guess we never do see him. I mean, we never did. Huh. I don't know. Secret Bill or whatever his name is. We just say Bill because she's always thinking about Bill's, but um, I don't remember what his <laughs> That's name right, was. So I saw a comment online that was like the funeral scene was really cliched and, and terrible like this person had a real big bone to pick with it did you feel that this scene was lacking did you want more from it i thought it was tr- like just a transition i didn't think it was like a whole thing no i had no problem with it i mean it's short if it didn't drag yeah. on for a thousand years so i don't know what you can be mad about i don't know i feel like all these like funeral putting a coffin into the ground things are pretty similar because they kind of have to be yeah which is why i thought it was like merciful on Jane's part to be like, or Jane, fucking Marty Knox and I always like, Jane Espenson wrote every episode, uh, to just be like, all right, you know, we're not even going to like actually do this scene. We're just going to voice over, pan away. I don't care. Um, so I just thought that was weird. I'm glad that I wasn't alone in that. I mean, we have the cliche shot of the, of the, uh, soil yeah. going there. It absolutely I mean, it did, was it, We hit every beat. Yeah. Every beat we needed to, we absolutely hit it. But, but then it did cool stuff with even the, the super, f- fast cuts and the the movement of the camera, like moving around Buffy, even before we did the day and night shot was very cool. So I don't know. We did some kind of the coolest camera movements in this shot. So at least they tried to do yeah, something. Yeah, they rented a crane. Spice it up. They had to go on location. They did a lot of work for right? this silly thing. Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> uh, they, the next thing we go to is uh, Anya and Xander. I'm not ready to make life with you, but I could. We could. Life could come out of our love and our smooshing, and that's beautiful. It all makes me feel like we're a part of something bigger. Like I'm more awake somehow. You know? Yeah, I do. I don't like the Anya and Xander scene. It feels yucky. But Daniel, you liked it? <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> the two two adults can have sex, and that's fine. But they're They're gross. fine. But they're gross. <laughs> My first reaction, my first reaction was, I don't want to be seeing this. This feels wrong. I thought it was going to be really just boring. I thought it was just going to be like, I'm Xander and I'm too dumb to understand what's going on. And then, I don't know. It was just like like a nice thing. I don't know. Everything Anya was saying, I was like, wow, that's real deep shit. I'm like, it's still Xander. I mean, we'll never get over. Like, she's talking to Xander. That's still strange (laughs) to have these feelings about that guy. But it was sweet nonetheless, even though it's like, you know, I don't want to have kids now, but like, I could. I don't know. That's very romantic. It's very sweet. I thought it was, I thought it was nice. I I think it is, we're great for Anya's character because we're like, you know, showing that she's having thoughts beyond herself, beyond this moment even, which I don't know that you would necessarily even be planning for when you're dealing with the shock of, like, I'm not a demon anymore. What is my place in the world? What do I even do or want? Um, So, yeah, I think what she said was cool. It was just like, oh, God, the framing of this. I hate this. Um, I don't want to see his nipple in every shot. (laughs) Move that camera up. And the fact that you could just lift this scene right out. I mean, you could say that about a lot of this episode, but it's just like, okay. You could. Well, 
that was that could have fit into another episode. I mean, that, well, yeah. I mean, I guess I, whatever, however, it turns out that could definitely fit anywhere else. I mean, I'm sure we'll have a more centric episode between them. We could have put that in there for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, but Sarah Michelle that... couldn't work. They needed to film something because Sarah Michelle yeah. had off. So we got to fill some time. Oh yeah! After they were done with the scene, they were like, "And that's another two and a half minutes. Good, we're good, rolling, good, guys. Good, good. All right, we're giving Sarah a break. We'll this, is for Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> this is for Sarah. Yeah, this is for Sarah. Thank you. I think the crux of this episode. I mean, obviously, it's very Don centric, and it's about her trying to deal with Joyce being dead. But I think. A big, huge part of it is Willow. Gaslighter! And Willow's behavior and what Willow thinks about the world and magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the You know, like the Jurassic Park concept of it all. Like your scientists were so preoccupied whether worrying about whether or not they could. They never thought, stopped to think about if they should. She's clearly got that mentality about magic. And it's reared its head right now. Like the, we're putting a fine point on it. Willow doesn't really care about morality as much as she cares about can we do it? The, like the science kind of aspect, like uh, thought process of it is like, oh my God, we could do this really cool thing. It's like, oh, but it's going to kill a million people, but it's so cool. Like, who's right? Willow or Tara? Right about what? Whether you should resurrect someone or um, about their views of, um, of magic? Okay, both. So do you think that, should Willow have said that to Don at all, period? And is that mentality wrong? Like, the only thing that matters is the result, damn the morality. It's not just about morality, though, right? What else is it about? I mean, I don't know. She brings Buffy back and there aren't any consequences, so she could have just done that for Joyce, I guess. I would say that in the realm of fantasy, supernatural, sci-fi stuff in general, the idea of messing with life and death, a.k.a. bringing back someone who has died, is always, like, verboten. Like, you should not do it. It's completely off-limits if you are doing it. That's some, like, really dark shit. So for Willow to be like, yeah, yeah, maybe we could, (laughs) is a little weird. Not even on the morality side, but, like, if you, unless you truly thought maybe you would bring Joyce back, why would you give Dawn any hope that it was possible? Because that seems mean. (laughs) I guess what I'm curious about is is the point that you brought up of um, that it, you know, that it is verboten. Why? Is it just because there are almost always consequences like we either have pet cemetery joyce or we have somebody else must die to take the place as a big trope in fantasy too yeah that's part of the problem with buffy um as far as magic goes because usually like in a well-developed like fantasy world the magic system has rules it's kind of like science and that if you do one thing this is what you can expect and a lot of times those magic systems will have like you know the bigger the spell the bigger the toll kind of thing and so if the biggest spell you can think of is bringing someone back to life then like you probably have to kill someone or you probably have to die like there needs to be some sort of like equivocating thing because you can't just get an egg yeah yeah (laughs) get an egg for sure yeah and then obviously what dawn is doing with the egg is not actually what willow does when she brings buffy back right like she what Dawn is doing is raising a zombie or some version of that, like some sort of like right. reanimated corpse versus like Joyce, an actual person, um, which is why it's something that she can achieve by cracking an egg and making an <laughs> omelet. To think that Willow could have spared them all from that by just being like, that's not a thing that we can do. It's not within their power. I don't know. Why wouldn't you do that? If she was asked the question, could it happen? And I, she's a curious person. Now, I believe that she probably hasn't thought about that. 
but that's why I love this episode too. And like, we've been kind of dunking on it and I'm like in my head, bringing it down a couple points. And, and then I thought about this and I was like, you know, introducing this resurrection thing, you know, cause we've all forgotten Stacia that, that Buffy came back in season one, but soon <laughs> it's about to become an incredibly important thing in this show. And so the fact that we even just introduced it this mm-hmm. way and we introduced Willow's interest in it and the morality of it, right? Tara's not on board with this and the consequences of what can happen if it does happen. So when you see it again happening at the beginning of season six, it's going to be, we're going to remember this moment, right? That's hopefully what will happen. It was never going to work out or pan out because Joyce was not going to be back on the show and she's not that great of a character, right? Why do we want to bring Joyce back? But we have to bring <laughs> Buffy back. So I just, I just love that they did it. I lo- it's a, as a story beat, it's fucking awesome. And when you look back on the show from where our vantage point is, it's so cool to see these things being laid out. This is what a good show does. This is Buffy being a good show saying, here's a thing that's going to happen later. Don't forget it. You're going to have to wait a whole summer, wait till next fall. But this will be something we're going to do again. And we're showing you these little things of how it's going to get done. And it's what happens. And that's awesome. Willow's behavior I, I guess I kind of forgot about that in this episode. I like I knew it was Willow that kind of gave Don the idea, but it's like shocking. It was like shocking to see her be like, but it's bad. Tara's like, yeah, it's bad. I know. I know. <laughs> it was good stuff. I, was good I don't stuff. know. Like I'm I'm noodling over it while everyone's talking. I don't think it's shocking that Willow would be like, is it bad? Because like, well, they haven't done it, and if she hasn't really researched it, maybe she doesn't know or whatever. Um, And she's like, well, Dawn has these questions. Maybe she needs some answers. The thing that makes it shady to me is that that's not purely innocent on her part because she didn't just say, here's a book about magical history in front of Tara. She secretly Mm -hmm. magically slid the book out so that Tara wouldn't know, Mm -hmm. which, you know, tells telegraphs to the audience. She knows she shouldn't be giving Dawn this. And then when Tara mentions it later, she doesn't just say, oh, my gosh, I gave it to her. I thought it would answer some of her questions. She lies about it. And that's the part that makes her morality seem really gray as opposed to just being like an innocent. Well, I don't really know if it's possible. I haven't heard about anyone doing it. And Tara saying, no, we can't do that. Then being like, oh, yeah, okay, we can't do that then. Um, She's definitely lying. And it definitely Mm -hmm. seems to be like kind of like, I know I'm not supposed to like – actually admit we shouldn't do it but like we kind of can wink wink <laughs> here's a book that will tell you how <laughs> here are the specific spells that you need yeah. or i'm gonna have dawn go out and do the field work here like oh, let's see how far dawn can get i mean i'm curious i've never thought about it i probably wouldn't go down this road for no one's died right i don't need to do that i think willow definitely is not like i need to bring joyce back but like i get why she would be interested in it so i'm sure she's like yeah let's see what can let's see what happens here Let's see how far we get. It definitely throws everything into question because you can, you can, when she's lying to Tara, like, it's not great that you're lying, but she does try to make herself seem like, oh, I just naive. Like, I didn't know what that yeah. book would do. I, but, like, the fact that she's lying about it and clearly knows that it's wrong, that's why she has to be sneaky, is like, no, you definitely knew. Like, because I was of two minds on that later scene. Like, is Willow actually, did she innocently give Dawn without realizing there would be any consequences? It's like, no, man, you knew. Yeah. You had to know because you lied. Yeah. So not great. Not a great look. Also, it's not like Dawn came to her with an academic question of, is it hypothetically possible to raise someone from the dead? Here's a history book that would answer those questions for you and what happens when you do. Like, you know she's going to be looking at that to find out how to actually do it. You guys are witches. 
and you do magic and stuff. You want us to teach you something? Uh, like a, a glamour, or, or I could make a stuffed animal dance? I want to do a spell. I want to bring mom back. It's also it's hilarious that you can go up to one restricted section, find in five seconds the one book you need and the one potion you need. I mean, this thing is not yeah, that. It's a bottle that's like not even marked. It's it's like, oh, it's this one I mean, for sure. All, <laughs> see, now I've walked myself back down the ledge of bringing this points down. It's like, God, that sucked. Yeah. That was so tough to watch. But then she goes to Joyce's grave, does something shady. Spike finds her and is like, no, not this one, this other spell. Right? I don't know if it was he pointed her to a different spell or like. Or was it just that the demon needed to tell her she needed the. Well, Doc egg? made it seem like she just read the spell wrong, like didn't understand the spell. So, like, it might have still been. Or or maybe it was the wrong spell. The, Spike is just like, that book is yeah. infamous. So, clearly, the one that she needed was in it. Like, she was on the right track, but maybe not the exact right track. Like, maybe she was going to raise a different type of zombie. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, but yeah, very cool. Very cool of show to be like, Willow's a bad guy. It's pretty hey guys, good. Willow's a bad guy. It really does make it easier to see how in the next season when Tara's like, you need to stop doing that. The Willow's like, do I? I know. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and it makes Buffy's turmoil like make sense in a way that her being resurrected in season one because we just declined to remember that. It all It works more in season six when we get singing about it and once more with feeling and just it being a plot point of like, you brought me back, and it's not zombie me, but it's certainly not me me, right? There's something that happens when you die, and that's the thing that even, you know, I think everybody would agree on. We don't know what's on the other side of the veil, right? So you don't know what's going to happen when you pull that person back out, and that's it. It's just yeah. a huge question mark, and would you be willing to kill him again, to send him back if if it turns out to be horrible? And that's something yeah. I'm sure you don't think about. And, I mean, t- t- he would have uh, – Willow would have taken Tara – in whatever state, right? I mean, at that in that grief, you would oh, do sure, whatever, yeah. and that's what that's where Dawn is. That's where the friends are with Buffy. You'll take it however you can, and I'm sure that they have the capability to like deal with it if they need to. But you know, we all feel that grief, right? But you know, you shouldn't. You know, you probably shouldn't bring back people from the dead because they died. She should. Their organs are gone. Yes, <laughs> she should have just taken Doc up on the here. I can give you something for the pain. Yeah, for sure. Well, the reptile guy asked if you guys were magicians, right? I mean, so you're even laying the groundwork there that are witches, right? Witches, yes. (laughs) I'm an illusionist. (laughs) Same thing. (laughs) Yes. Hang on a sec. That's part of your trick, right? No. That's not my trick, Michael. On the next Arrested Development... It's my illusion. So by by him laying that out too, I thought that was important as well because you're saying, you know, if you were Willow, you could actually pull off more here. I could tell you more. We could do more. You would know more. So I think that the idea that like what Dawn's doing now is basically playtime. Oh yeah. There was no success possible, yeah. but Willow has the 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 skills to do it better. <laughs> I do like the idea of the wizard demon being like, are you witches? No. All right. Here's your omelet resurrection then. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, I'm not going to give you the real one. Here you go. Here you go. Here's your egg. Can I ask? I mean, you're going to get to that. Are we going to talk about the lizard guy? Because, I mean, I kind of don't understand what the lizard guy was about or what he's doing in this show. Is he trying to kill them? Is this like an elaborate ploy? Like, was this never going to work because this is not really how you do it? And he's part of this demon. He's a Gora demon himself. Like, who is so, this guy? 
Am I supposed to know? Because I don't really understand no. what I mean, that was all about. The only thing we're supposed to know at this point is that there's just some rando that Spike happens to know because he's an underworldly type. Yeah. Um, Doc does become important because he is the one that he's okay. a follower of glory. We don't know this. Yeah, but he's the one that slices Don up oh. at the top of the tower. Like he's the reason that the end of the world starts is because of Doc. Um, so, oh, all right, man. Awesome. But we good, don't good. ever really get more from him than that. And I don't think that this, other than to keep Don, like, I don't know. Like, he, does he know she's the key right now? I wouldn't think so because if he is a follower of glory, he'd be like, guess what? Yeah, I don't <laughs> think he would. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think he's just like a weirdo that Spike happens to know. Yeah, he's a weirdo. The scene made me think, like, he kind of traffics in favors. Like, I'll do this for you, but you're going to owe me later. Oh, yeah, like, don't pay me. Don't worry about it. Yeah, and you don't know what I'm going to call in that favor or what I'm going to ask. Yeah. So, and clearly he knew the entire time that he wasn't actually giving her what she wanted, right? Like, he knew the spell was not going to bring back Joyce the way. He didn't care. Right. Because he's a bad guy. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and, yeah, you can get away with that favor exchange by, like, I gave you what you wanted. It's more like a trickster. He's almost bring her back. Be careful what you wish for stuff. Yeah. Now I need your spleen. (laughs) It's a tricky spell, girl. I can't say for sure your mother will come back exactly like she was. Sometimes these things get a little off. But she'll still be my mother. Won't she? More or less. I mean, I just didn't know what to think of him. And even the whole thing with Spike, when it's like, I've seen you down playing backgammon. And then Spike's like, that's not me, mate. And I'm like, oh, bullshit. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely you. <laughs> How do you know this, man? Do you know him from England? Like, what are we doing <laughs> here? look like Spike walking around Sunnydale. Right? Well, I mean, clearly the guy's nutso because he's like, he doesn't look anything like you. <laughs> like, he has a different color hair. And, you know, he's not a vampire. But, like, it's definitely you, man. I'm sorry, couldn't come sooner. So the Buffy and Angel scene, um, it was fine. I like that it was short. That was another Mercy from Marion Oxen, I thought. Yeah, it was pretty short. It felt long. It felt long. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, I definitely liked... It was good dialogue. It was good dialogue. Yeah, I definitely liked the, you know, the Buffy and Angel theme, kind of reimagined a little bit by Thomas Wanker. So cool for him to be able to take Christophe... Beck's original little piece and like do a little thing to it um, since we have a new composer. But um, do you think it's reasonable that she called Angel? Probably, right? I mean, did she call him? I th- did she? She didn't call I him. I would imagine she did. No, he showed up. You no, think so? No. I, I, I mean, really? yeah, if I were going to guess, I would say that he came because he knew that she died. He heard through the grapevine and it was like, I just need to be there hmm. however I can be there. And then she was like, thank you so much for being here tonight. Don't don't apologize for this. Thank you. I didn't know how I was going to survive the night. I mean, and yeah, you could read into that. Like, that's why I called you. But I just right. read like, thank God you showed up. That's why we're BFFs. And sometimes we fuck, but we can't do that now. <laughs> and that's our relationship, right? Like, we are definitely close. And um, give it give it a, a couple more seasons. Season eight. Well, I'll, I'll see you again. So. Huh. Yeah, I, I always just assumed that she called him, but I don't I know why. I thought he kind of heard it through the grapevine. Yeah, so I went to Angel. It's time for an Angel update. Perfect. Now we don't have to make any other music. Very, very tiny Angel update. Uh, yes. I was like, is there a phone call? Because we've done that multiple times on Buffy and Angel both, where there's a phone call to L.A., to whatever crew is up there or whatever crew we're getting down here. Um, uh, like. That'll lead you to believe that was the call. That's how we know that we got it. But there is that one. So the episode that is 
directly preceding this is Epiphany, uh, where Spike, where Spike, Jesus, ugh, where Angel has sex with Darla, but he doesn't lose his soul. Dunk on Darla. Uh, yeah. And then he goes back to um, Angel Detective Agency, whatever it's called, Angel Investigations, and everybody's friends again because they were all disparate because Angel went off to go be with Darla and they were all very mad, but now they're all mm. back together. The episode right after that is Disharmony, where Harmony shows back up. And I was like, oh, how fun mm. that we're going to get the little, oh, yeah. how how I was waiting for the opening line in Disharmony to be, how was your time in Sunnydale or, like, how is Buffy or whatever. Not mentioned. She is not mentioned in the show at all. They never talk about this moment, as far as I can tell, on Angel, which is pretty interesting because we almost always do that, especially to go so far as to then have Harmony on the show. And, like, we do our fun little gag with that, which we will see the phone call because Willow, Cordelia calls Willow and says, Harmony's here. So weird. I think she's a lesbian. It's like she was, like, trying to come on to me. And Willow tells her, you know, I'm, I'm gay. <laughs> it's a really funny scene, but this is never mentioned. And I thought that that was mm. actually pretty cool and a more of a what credit to the scene that, that Angel goes to see Buffy. It's just like something that, especially if she actually didn't even call him, like that is a really nice testament to their relationship in you know, whatever that form that is right now. For people who do not like Buffy and Angel together, I thought that was cool that yeah. he really just like, I'm going to be here to support you and I'll leave when you want me to leave and that'll be that. And obviously she really needed that in that moment. You left because of the sun. He can smell the sunset. If or we had more time, they would have kept making out. Yeah, he could smell it. He could taste <laughs> it. Yeah, whatever the fuck. <laughs> Let's make out. Wow. Um, I can smell the sunrise long before it comes. Talking about Glory's scene in this episode, Jinx... Uh, when he goes to Ben and is like, time's running out. You gotta, we gotta make a move on this key thing. Let's figure it out. And then he's like, oh, the key is a person. I mean, it's not a person. It definitely is. I didn't mean it's, oh my God, I gotta stab you now. <laughs> um, make sure he's dead. Behead them. What are we doing? But he makes, Jinx makes it seems like that there is a timing element to this. Maybe not. Maybe he's just like, time's running short because Glory's losing her fucking mind. We gotta, we gotta do something. But it, it made me think that maybe I forgot that there is a time element. Like, we're doing a Highlander BS type of thing where it's like, the quickening happens in the year 2000 in the city of New York and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, <laughs> Glory can only get to the other side, right? Get to the other dimension with the key at this moment. But wasn't, I don't think that's a thing. But that would explain so many what, plot holes. Isn't, don't they have to have the planets line up or something? Maybe. Am I making that up? That might be true. I hope it is because that... That really solves so many problems we've been struggling with for the plot for this season. Yeah, because we're like, when did Glory get here? Why is this happening now? How long have the, these people been around? Yeah, like, that helps a, a lot. Like, it all had to happen now. We had to make Dawn now. Like, she had to become the key now because all this stuff, the planets are fucking quickening. You know, like, that, like I think that helps But if a lot. the planets were quickening, you would make Dawn not a person. Again, make her a boot, put her in a trunk in Istanbul. Don't tell anybody your plan. It'll never be found. Glory straight up nailed it, right? She was like, it could be a log. Like, yeah. turn it into a log and dump it in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. I'll never oh, find it. Oh, my God. Just uh. like, uh, yeah, no, that does not help, Kelly. That actually makes it more infuriating because if you know the planets are aligning and this is like prime time that it's going to happen, do something more. Do something more. Yeah. Do a Horcrux. Yeah. Split yeah. her in sevens and let's move on. Yeah. Right? Yeah, just dismember Dawn. Before she's done. <laughs> I mean, we did have that conversation. <laughs> so, quickly, why do you think Spike helps Don? 
like not like he says, I don't like seeing Summer Scroll take it on the chin, right? But he knows just as well as Willow knows now, at least, that this is wrong. This is a bad idea. But he helps her anyway. I know good and well what you're up to. That book you've got is infamous. Please, don't tell Buffy. I just... I have to get her back. I have to. I'm not going to tell a little bit. I'm going to help. I mean... Spike, honestly, on this rewatch, it's not coming off looking super great. <laughs> and I know that the statement's not going to hold up because there's that looming rape scene. Yeah. But I will say at this point, it appears as though Spike is very much like everyone walks their own path. Like, very much like free will and consent kind of thing. So it's not like, should Dawn do this? But like, if she is going to do this, how can I make sure she's safe doing it? Mm. Like, if and, you're going to drink in the house, like, yeah. if you're going to drink, I'd rather you drink in the house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like yeah. she's definitely Amy Poehler in Mean Girls Mother Energy. Like, that's what he's doing, right? And that's, like, when Buffy's like, how could you let her find out that way? And he was like, well, I thought, you know, if she's going to go out to the magic shop, it would be better if I was there with her, keeping her safe, than if she went alone. Like, I think he recognizes she's going to do it one way or another. At least I could guide her. And make sure, like, she's not going to the Gora Demon alone and getting murdered, you know? So yeah. I think in his own, like, weird, twisted way, he thinks he's helping, even though I don't know that anyone else would think that. <laughs> no, that's, a, that's a, a great point. Yeah. I also think everyone's so short-sighted here with, like, the flowers didn't have anything on them. He's saying not to tell Buffy, and it's like this is all still going to get around to her. Like this is 100% still, he is playing a fucking game to try to get with Buffy. Let's all just calm down and continue to, you know, our members are, are Scoobies. Keep your eyes peeled guys. It's literally, your guys are getting played right now. Yeah. I mean, if it truly, if it truly in no sense was about Buffy, he wouldn't have taken the flowers to her house. He would have waited until she was buried and gone to her grave. Correct. Oh, yeah. Great point. There's no reason why he needed to leave the flowers at her house, except that he wants Buffy to find them. Hmm. And if Dawn was to die, I, I'm sure, you know, she would be distraught and, and it would not be great for Spike, right? Yeah. So if, if Spike can keep her safe and they just kind of do this thing, who knows? I mean, I think there's a little part of him, just like everybody in this episode, where it's like, that would be pretty cool, though, right? Like, maybe this is how this works. Um, so I'm sure Spike on that level is like, I definitely want to see how this plays out. But I also know that I got to keep Dawn alive because if Dawn is dead, me and Buffy are definitely not going to bang. So <laughs> it's really that simple. Because yeah. I'm not getting back in that door if she's, if she's dead. Map. Like, she will move. She'll leave. She she'll just leave town. You know, I mean, who knows? And I can't leave. So. <laughs> and I can't leave, apparently. <laughs> My only other question is like a dumb yelling question, which is, uh, I never kept a journal. My whole life, I've never kept a journal. Daniel, I know you're a pretty okay. avid journaler. Uh, Stacia, did you ever journal? Love me a journal. I'm a failed journaler. Yeah? Just don't tell Mr. Platt you have insomnia. I'll make you start a dream journal. What's that, like a Barbie thing? Your dream journal. How come Ken hasn't come around since he got that earring? Did you, either of you, either journal your food? Uh, no. I mean, I've definitely like for like fancy restaurants i mean if for me i you know in the past 10 years of my life you know now we have cameras so i do it all online so if mm -hmm. i end up going somewhere and i take a photo of a thing then yeah i mean it'll get mentioned i guess mm -hmm. or just be a part of the journal but 
no, I'm not like I ate a bagel today. There's no yeah. sense in that. So okay. that's wild. I did think yeah. that was a little strange, which is funny because like I, the only journaling I had done, I guess, is food journaling because I was trying <laughs> to track yeah. calorie intake and stuff, you know, mm. which is a different fucking thing. But that thing. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. I mean, during when we were traveling, I think I would write down if we ate something that I thought oh, was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I would, did sort of like a bullet point list of like, what did we do today? Or so I can look back and remember it. Yeah. But I wouldn't be like, we ate a bagel this morning. It would be like, we tried that right. rotten fish in Iceland and it was disgusting. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> you can't forget that. You'll forget the bagel. That's fine. But we can't forget the rotten fish. <laughs> can't forget um, that. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, I think I'm kind of done with the questions. I know obviously the, the big finale between Buffy uh, and Dawn but all I yeah. really have to say about that is, like, where is their fucking Emmy? Because, oh, my God, it's so good. It's so good. But I don't even know what I'm doing. Mom always knew. Nobody's asking you to be mom. Well, who's going to be if I'm not? Huh, Don? Have you even thought about that? Who's going to make things better? Who's going to take care of Buffy. I didn't mean to push you away. I didn't. I just... I couldn't let you see me. Oh, God, Donnie. I don't know what we're gonna do. I'm scared. Buffy. Mommy. Buffy. That was a hard watch. I oh, mean, yeah. it was really great. I mean, honestly, Sarah Michelle, when she turns around and she says, mommy, I'm like, oh, God, yeah. dead, mm-hmm. dead. The, the just that's a three episode pull right there. And it's masterful. It's fucking beautiful. I absolutely love it. So, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say except for like, oh, my God. And they both like went from hard to soft. Mm-hmm. And it was incredible. And even her going over there to hug her like she was the one, you know, and Buffy just breaking down on Dawn. Couldn't watch it again. Don't want to watch it again for a long time. It's very emotional. And but what's interesting is not only is the the her like saying "mommy" when the you know the knock comes. Not only is that powerfully emotional because she's like fucking desperate and like hopeful and like feeling all these crazy things, but it's also really scary. Like that moment also ramps up the. That's a zombie. <laughs> like it's really really good. That's exactly what I thought. I was like, it's almost like a, a talisman has been. That knock was almost just like I've become a zombie. You know, yeah. you turned in that moment. Mommy, yeah. like, I'm I'm coming to you. Oh, man, it's fucking great. And she does kind of look when she goes outside that door. There is that wash. When that wind goes by, It there is, like, what she does with her face, too. She just, like, there's that wash where, like, she was almost under a spell. Mm-hmm. The spell just being, like, I'm going to see my mom again. Mm-hmm. And then the spell goes away. I mean, it's fucking amazing shit. Yeah. Unquestionably the highlight of the episode, I think. Yeah. Okay, well. Uh, what do we do now? I sometimes like things that are not good for me. I guess that's what I'll do. I'll just let it re- remind everyone, you know, real quick <laughs> that we're a real podcast. A real professional outfit. Probably the most professional. Uh, and if you want to tell us how great we are. Second most professional. Oh, second. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. Second most professional Buffy podcast. <laughs> uh, you can find us everywhere at BBPod, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram. Um, we have a website, bbpod.wordpress.com. that has really useful show notes. So if you're like... Hey, what was that song at the end of that episode? Even though you probably mentioned it in the episode, but I forgot what it was. It'll be there, which is really handy. And speaking of songs specifically, wouldn't it be nice if someone put together a playlist with all those songs? Hey, guess what I did? It's fun time. Hyphen, 
What is it? <laughs> Fun time hyphen playlist for podcast Suspense. fans. Yeah. Season five. Season five. <laughs> and that's on Spotify, uh, which will contain all the music that we play in our episodes here, as well as any music that is available uh, on Spotify that's in the Buffy episode. So enjoy that, please, and thank you. Okay, yelling. Time to do that. So you want to yell? Sure. Um, I know that you said you thought it was really sweet that Angel came to comfort Buffy, but the entire time I just kept thinking, he's a mass murderer. He's fucking sitting here like Joy's dying matters. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, Buffy to Giles early in the episode. I'm all phoned out, unless it's my dad. I can't believe he still hasn't called. Oh, Hank. Uh, Hank. Oh. Hank the tank. A no show. A no show. Damn, we just want some justice for Hank, but no, he's in Spain or whatever. It's like, come on, man. The number she has in Spain is no good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's just gone. Who knows where he's fucking at. How embarrassing will that be when he finally calls Buffy six months from now and he'll be like, how are you doing? She's like, my mom died. Also, I died. <laughs> Just, you know. <laughs> Lots of that happened. <laughs> so during the Buffy and Angel scene, um, uh, Buffy's talking about, like, you know, who's Dawn and blah, blah, blah. And I just, like, I was like, what if Angel was like, who's Dawn? <laughs> Wouldn't that just be amazing? Like, the monks were like, Fuck! I oh. knew we forgot somebody. Oh. No. <laughs> I mean, just like super really, wrinkled really in the show. I mean, honestly, though, when Dawn was getting all crazy yeah. and stuff and she was like, we're going to bring mom back to life. That was a great little villain turn. Like, again, I think as a viewer, like, I don't know where this is going. And I know that we talk about the key and all this stuff, but like she could be part of the final plan. Like her, she could just be a tool. She could be the atom of this season, right? Dawn could just become the super monster. We don't know that at this point. So when she's all like, I'm going to bring back mom or like, no, I mean, we know, do not do that. It's a bad idea. But I mean, I think it just keeps the questioning. Like, we don't know what the key is. We don't know what Dawn is yet. So great. Yeah. And we've said that before, right? Like we don't know what she is. So yeah, that could happen. I, I, I never, I don't think ever watching this that I ever thought that was going to take that turn. But they certainly play that angle sometimes, and they very well could have. But yeah, yeah especially yeah, she would. She would just say, uh, "I want to do a spell." Sure, you want to make make an animal flow? No, I want to bring mom back. I know it's so good. <laughs> God. Okay, I mean, you already mentioned this, but I just want to put a fine point on it that the scene that we see Giles like drinking whiskey or whatever and listening to music, thinking about Joyce, was like really sad and poignant. Like, I feel like it kind of underscores, you know, Giles isn't just like this mentor person to Buffy, but he's had his own relationship with Joyce yeah. that needs, he needs his own time to process. So how come they uh, call you Ripper? Wouldn't you like to know? Mm. Wait a minute, this is what it's been. And you see a girl yeah, I mean, I know I really glossed over it, and it, it certainly deserves a, a little bit of discussion because it's it's a beautifully subtle moment that I think people watching this might not even pick up on that 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 like unless song, you yeah. key into the music, you wouldn't know why that's significant because it is such a short moment, 
And out of context, without knowing that that's, you know, he's definitely thinking about Joyce, you could probably think, well, he's probably sad about Joyce because everyone's sad about Joyce in this episode. But I don't know, I just think that's really like, oh, early dials up the, this is fucking sad. So good. I like it too because it reminds you that like a lot of our episodes are have become gas leaks, like those early seasons. Like we just forget <laughs> things happen. But Band Candy is something that's been continually, thanks to Jane Espenson especially, been yeah. pushed constantly to the forefront of like, this was not a gas leak. This was very much everyone remembers where they were that night. And I, and I love the idea of like Giles having a young man's memory of Joyce too. And like mm-hmm. then getting to live as an older man. And obviously they were not together or anything, but I'm sure that even heightens it too. Right. Cause you sit down and you're like the ripper, you know, doing all of that. And he can, he's, it only happened two years ago, but I'm sure to him in a way, I wonder if it feels like it's been 30 years, you know? So it's even further away. I don't know. Makes it even more sad. So yeah, that's a great question that I've also never thought about like that. Yeah. Because I don't know. I think for your your memories when you're a teenager, everything always feels more dramatic and more heightened. heightened anyway, totally. So and if, songs, songs become so important. That, yeah, that would be extra painful. Yeah. And such a quick fucking scene. It's like twenty seconds. So good. Thanks for bringing that back up. Great job. Ben's the worst. I mean, as we said, he. <laughs> that's did not right. Kill. Ben's a goddamn villain, and I'm never gonna stop saying it. <laughs> He, I mean, again, he's still ambiguous to me as a viewer because I'm like, I don't like Jinx. I think he should die. So I'm like, Ben, kill Jinx. Great. You're protecting the key. As of this moment, I'm still on team Ben because I don't like Glory, right? I mean, in this, in this small space of people, I don't like Glory or Jinx or the minions. I like Ben, (laughs) but I hate Ben. So I hate them all really. I mean, but I, yeah, Ben should have chopped off his head. Oh, wow. Okay. So did, I guess you don't. And it's the only way to get rid of a demon. Right? So. <laughs> Apparently, it won't even talk about resurrection. It seems as though clearly Glory and or her minions has a way to bring him back because she he do died. We watched him die while he was saying his funny stuff. Yeah, uh, he could have so, just passed out. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Just to harp back on the Ben thing, um, he's telling Jinx, "I'm not going to let you hurt an innocent whatever." What's your concept of innocent, bro? Because not only are you stabbing this guy, sure he's a demon, but like we've played that game before with Faith, right? Like. Just because he's a demon doesn't mean he's a bad guy worth murdering. And two, what were those fucking mental patients that you summoned a demon to murder them? Were those not innocent people? Did they deserve to die? So you cannot play the innocent card with me, Mr. Ben, because you're a bad guy. Jinx is, Jinx is not innocent. He is helping usher the end of the world, yeah. He's yeah, bad. I yeah, I don't know. It's true. Uh, speaking of Jinx, <laughs> I like that even when he's dying, she- can't think of any like cutesy nicknames for Glory, so he has most highest you and good one. It's <laughs> really funny. Very effective. It is funny. They've really set that up well. That was that was good. Uh the last one I've got is I need to bring up a visual for it. Is the corkboard, nice. Willows and Terra's corkboard. I found some stuff on there. We've got a string cheese incident poster, which comes pre-attached to <laughs> every corkboard and yeah. every surface in Sunnydale. So that's not that's normal. Uh, there's a cat calendar, which also there was a cat that walked by the screen as well. And R.I.P. Miss Kitty Fantastico, of course, never forget. There's a poster for Macbeth that Miss Kitty or the cat in this case is reaching towards. I don't know what the symbolism is with that. There is a cutout for the offspring. Oh. Over there to the left of the cat. That's that little yellow one is the offspring. And then next to that, it looks like it's the CD case for 
it's maybe not the CD case, but like some kind of poster. But it looks like at the uh, Midnight Vultures by Beck. Oh, okay. So I think that's what that is. Uh, and then I don't know if that's Karl Marx or Dostoevsky above the Macbeth poster at the very top near the Razorbacks mm-hmm. pennant. I don't know who that bearded man <laughs> is. Um, and then later on in the episode, we get a widespread Panic 96 tour poster. Uh, and then there's a leftover salmon mm-hmm. poster and a Say Zazu poster. I don't know who Say Zazu mm-hmm. is, but that's another one in Tara and Willow's room. So a lot going on there. A lot of personality from those two. Buffy, not so much. But Well, thank you for doing the due diligence. We always appreciate the zooming in on that side dressing. Um, I should have talked about this in the last scene, but we kind of talked a little bit while it was happening. Um, so what do you think Joyce was? Uh, so, so, so she was brought back mm. by magic, right? Do we think it was actually her body? Like it was the Buffy style where everything's getting all gooped back together, reanimated. I mean, clearly it was like not right. We, but do we know that for sure? I mean, she was walking really slow, but she just came out of a grave. So who knows? But I, I wonder because the the whole process stopped when the photo was destroyed, it makes you feel like it's not a corporeal thing, right? Because like wouldn't her corpse collapse if it was like her actual body heaving itself along? Would would it not just be like the body falls down? So was it ever real? Real? Was it just like an image? I don't know. We dust vampires and they disappear. So Great I point. don't. I mean, in this world, like. If the monkey paw is any indication, too, in theory, when that monkey paw, when you wished it and it disappeared, right, there was a gust of wind, the same thing happened there, right? Is I mean, it's basically just magic. I mean, there really can't yeah. be a logical, physical thing that could happen here. It seems like an inc- like inconsistency because in the monkey's paw, he specifically wishes his son is, like, his son away or whatever, that, yeah. you know, his son isn't alive anymore. I'm not sure exactly how he phrased it because it it doesn't say, like the story just says he whispers his last wish or something, but the implication being like, I don't want my son here or I want him to be dead or I take back my last wish or whatever. But anyway, so that was its own magic act, whereas this one, essentially you're like ripping up the picture, you're ending or like canceling whatever the previous spell. So you wouldn't think that it would be something you... I would expect her corpse to just drop at the front door. No, me too, me too. Versus being me magically too. whisked away because that's not, you know, if the spell is I reanimated her corpse and drug it to her house, if the spell ends, it seems like the corpse would just collapse. Whereas if, you know, you started another magic spell or another wish for her to yeah. disappear. We'll never know because she was just ankles. <laughs> Buffy didn't think we'd think this hard about it. Oh, definitely not. Don tries to pay Doc with what looks like oh, five $3. wet singles. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't want your money, little girl. No, no. You keep it, child. <laughs> it's fine. And Spike's like, I don't have any money. You know that. So She know. thought you could buy your mom back from the dead for $5. I know. I mean, you get what you pay for, right? That's the lesson here. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Oh, that's well, yeah. Okay. That's amazing. Money. I could pay you money. Oh, I like money. Well, I need some updates on some watches. I am really raring for a fight, Daniel. Yeah, no, no, so. I got you. I got you. Don't worry. All right, all right. Uh, Xander construction outfit watch? No, none at all. 
Maroon jacket watch, yes, on Tara. Thank you. Look and fly, look and fly. Thank um, you. I'm going to let Tara have it this episode, even though, you know, I just want it on Buffy. But I'm going to allow it to be on other people. That's fine. We're going we're gonna to open Thank this you. up. Uh, no to Dawn's piercing screams, um, surprisingly. Again, I mixed up this and conversation with dead people. I'm pretty sure <laughs> she screams in that one. I was waiting does, for the yeah. scream the whole time. Chips Ahoy, no, I don't think we talk about it at all. Buffy's personality. She's not really all that in this episode. The Hoffman watch, no, but you could make the case that he could have. I mean, we could have definitely seen him in this episode because we've been doing we've been doing this watch for a long time now to Hoffman, and you haven't decided to show up since I created it. <laughs> so it would be nice of you to show even one time. Uh Tara and Willow are on the pod again. Yes, of course. Um couldn't remember what they had, so they have to write it down in journals now because they get so baked that they can't remember what they had for, for um, in the morning. I do love that they said sassy eggs. That was incredible. Thank oh, yeah. you. Thank you, Tara. Um, t- and and uh, just Tara. Tara is way too high, I wrote here, to catch on that Willow gave the book to Dawn. Right? Is that why? Is she just so baked that she's like, I, I mean, can't When we started follow. talking about it, I'm like, Oz would have been like, you're lying. Mm-hmm. Oz would have been like, we know that's not the truth. Like, come on. <laughs> what are you really trying to say? We and I think any other of her friends, too, uh-huh. would have been like, well, come on. What? Or also, and the stammering on? that she does after that, it's like, bro, you don't talk like that normally. You would only talk like that when you're trying to hide some bullshit. Right Tara, now. evidence of her being high, I guess. The unnatural line of dialogue that's like, no, no, we must <laughs> go, like, whatever. We must warn Buffy. Like, okay. No, no. And then the f- the first one out of all of that that I just love so much, and I don't know why I laughed really hard when Tara opens with the "We're witches and we know things," <laughs> yeah. and then Dawn's immediate just being like, she just gets up and she's like, "What the fuck? You know, what are you telling me right here?" And I was like, "Tara, you're too high for this." Number one, <laughs> number two, this is how the Salem witch trials start, girl. You can't be telling pe- you don't know what people are gonna react to if you're just like, "I'm a witch and I know things." Someone's going to burn you burn at the stake one day, girl. Burn. Don't do that. Don't say that. I know you're high as shit and you think you're safe <laughs> with Dawn because she's not really real. And you know that because you've smoked enough. But like <laughs> you can still get taken down, girl. Anyways, Michael Wicket, Amy Gothwatch. Yes, we're doing magic. We're oh, doing yeah. fucking magic. Uh, it's amazing. Books a million. Yeah. Bookshelves galore in this. We got witchcraft, Wicket Encyclopedia. Obviously, the history of witchcraft. Whatever book she steals, which we didn't really talk about. She literally walked up st- Giles because K. Sorry, we're not even to Giles yet. <laughs> uh, streets ahead, we hear about Tracy Street. Yeah, we yeah, do. We've yeah. never been to Tracy Street. That's where the Browns' brother Mortuary. Sure, is. why not? And uh, oh, wait, no, 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 wait, that's where this. Sorry, Tracy Street is the sewer entrance for the Gora Demon, but we get Browns' brother Mortuary is right. where. Uh, but we spikes. don't know where that, what street that's on. But we do have a new location. Uh, Giles because K. One hundred percent, he got a book stolen from his store in broad daylight. Um, that was one of the most insane things. Like, how did Anya not see it? How did anybody let this happen? Um, that, that needed to happen in the plot is so tough. I wish that they had just been like, she worked all day and then was like, I'll close up or something, you know, just like anything to grab it at night. Like just make it easier for on everybody, man. That sucked. Although it was very tense. I felt the tenseness. So anyways, that's the watches. Yeah. And she telegraphed it. She was like, Hey, where's the stuff that I'm not supposed to, no one's supposed to have. Is it up there? Okay, well, don't watch me. Go over there. I'm, I'm not going to go up the stairs for sure. Oh, my God. Oh, well, thank you for updating mm-hmm. us. Uh, I'm glad that you did it correctly. I was yes. worried. No, I no, I'm here. I'm looking out. I thought this episode was going to be short. Sometimes people are wrong. Um, 
It's not right, this sucker. And I gotta say, Willow Hacks slash Retack About the Net slash Something Wicked This Way Comes gets a big old 10. Because the ten. whole. Yeah, well, I feel like anytime a spell is like the catalyst for the problem and the answer to the How problem. How much of that was Willow doing magic? No, no, no. Willow. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. It doesn't have to be Willow. Whoa. Since when? Since, Since when? when? I decided. See, this is. <laughs> We're five seasons in and we're making shit up because we fought back Blasphemy. against you. We have turned this down a million yes, times, yeah. Kelly. We've turned this down every time you try to do it. She's not doing the spell. Not believe this. Willow hacks where we talk about the net or something. We could, nothing. She didn't do any of it. I mean, she did kind of give the thing. You can give her a point for like making it happen, but 10. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, now we're inf- inflating the scores, I guess, or we're just going to dunk on another category. Okay, I'll continue. Oh, yeah, get ready. All right. Uh, Giles, he does take care of the funeral stuff, and we have, obviously, the sweet moment of him listening to the music. But as you just pointed out, the man gets a very scary, priceless, whatever book st- stolen by a teenager in broad daylight up an open Open to the whole world, flight of stairs and loft. I. Uh, He's not good at business. Buddy. That's that's really what we've seen over this year. Yeah, it's not great. Um, so I gave him a seven because you have to take him down a little bit for that. Okay. Could have been could have been lower, but geez. Monster of the week. Now is the time to talk about the Gora Demon. <laughs> so this thing is tragic. By all measures, um, the paint job on it's it's cool. Like the the puppet itself is not too bad. Uh, anytime you're gonna do a weird three headed thing, it's it's gonna look a little strange. But I mean, like it's like a cool lizard thing. At least it's not a fucking snake, right? Like it it looks like a, a strange dragon thing. Um, so apparently, snake with wings. It's a snake with wings. No, it's a snake with 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 arms and a fin down its back and three heads. Um, and legs. Look, it's not a snake at all. See all these things, how it's not a snake? Apparently, um, John Vulich, who's the, the head of the special effects team at the time, he didn't know what they were going to do with the script until, like, the last minute. Oh, wow. He was like, well, when I read the script, I assumed they were going to do it digitally. Like, they've done digital ones before. This thing's crazy. Like, why would you think I could build anything? I have, like, a week to do this. What are you talking about? Wow. So... And no money. He's like, I also. They also couldn't afford to do it the right way, which the right way would have been a remote controlled puppet on hydraulics, okay. so you could actually actuate all the pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always thought, for some reason, that it was somebody in a suit, just I guess because it has the arms. Like it is bipedal. I, when you do that, it, to me, it's like the cheapest, easiest thing is to put somebody in a suit, right? That, that's always the easiest answer. But it's not. It's the worst version of all of it, which is a cable system. So it's a stat, a uh, piece that can't move. Yeah. That's why it looks so terrible. It cannot move backwards or forwards. It can only rotate because it's on cables. So all the heads and the arms and everything, they're all on cables yeah. instead of actually being like control puppeted. Um, so, and then this all came to, as a shock to Marty Noxon apparently when she was directing the thing because she's like, I had to have them just run up to it and do weird zooms because it couldn't move. And I didn't know it wasn't going to be able to move. So it was like, this is a huge breakdown of communication Amazing. and allocating funds. This is a terrible production moment for the show because the special effects team didn't know what they were making. And the director didn't know what they were making. And that's how you ended up with Spike running into the demon and saying that strange voiceover line twice of, come on, you bastard. Come on, you bastard. Like, that was 
bonkers and terrible. And then like laying down so it could bite him. And it's just like, this is a mess. (laughs) This is a mess. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to give that a one. I almost gave it a zero, but I have a hard time, which I don't know if I've ever given anything a zero. I don't think you have. I have a hard time. Like, really tearing apart special effects people because I do think it's painted really well. I think they did the best they could with what they had, and what they had was terrible. (laughs) So, one, one for Monster of the Week. Uh, Relationship goodness or badness? Everyone, except for Hank, uh, is sad, but taking care (laughs) of each other. Because Hank is not there. Uh, so I gave it an eight because everybody's trying to help everybody grieve. Okay. Um, you know, even though Buffy is distant, we at least get that beautiful scene at the end so that, you know, yeah, yeah, just oh, come yeah. together. But oh, yeah. even if it's terribly misguided on some people's parts, like Spike and Willow, uh, they are trying to help. So that's good. But our new, our brand newest category, Dawn Needs an Adult. Now, I didn't know that this was going to be so complex a category. Especially for this episode. Because, yeah, Dawn did need an adult. She needed a lot of support. And the adults she got were trash. She got nothing but bad adults to help her. True. The only good adult to help, because Buffy's ignoring her through the whole episode, you know, like for the beginning of the episode. Willow's giving her ammo to do bad <laughs> zombie spells. Spike's taking her to weirdos to do bad zombie uh-huh. spells. Everybody is turning her in the wrong direction, except for Tara. Tara is the only adult in the episode trying to do the right thing. Do we believe that Giles would have actually come to pick her up? Was that ever communicated between Dawn and them? Or was she lying about Giles even coming by? Because I want to believe that that Giles was going to drop the ball there. He wasn't actually going to come and pick her up either. (laughs) Because that's how everything else is happening. Because that's how everything else is happening, right? She probably had to walk. She probably had to walk to the magic box. I don't know, man. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I, I assume yes, only because we do show her at the magic box. Otherwise, why would we do that? But we do need her to be at the magic. Like she had to go there no matter what right. for her plan, right? So I don't know. A- another possible terrible point off for this category because if it weren't for Tara, this would have been a, a one. Uh, but I gave it a three. Thanks, Tara. Wow. As high as she was, she was still trying to do the right She's thing. Um, episode specific. Who's gonna take care of us? And then, mommy. Great. It's two episode specifics. No, I mean, it's paraphrasing the one episode specific. You see, it's Buffy's whole little breakdown at the end. I'm you have to pick one. No, no, no. No, she's going to do uh, two well, episode specifics, one, it... 10 of 10, or five of five each, right? If it's getting 10. There you go. You've created if I a new specific. one, I'm going to do who's going to take care of us. If I pick two, they both get five. No, but then that makes it sound like they're each only worth five. That's fine. You know, do, I, I hate. I'm really sorry to break this to you. Five years into this, but these are a joke. These I want the illusion. Give me the illusion. <laughs> Bought into this for five years, man. <laughs> okay, so 39 overall. Oh, 10 of 10. That was the answer for that. Yeah, one. Um, figured. Uh, 39 overall. This puts it at 11 of 17 for the season. Wow. Above the replacement and beneath Real Me. Yeah, it ended up, Oof. the Gore Demon really did it a, a, a dirty. I like. I wanted this episode to be so much better because you only remember the good stuff, right? Like, you remember the, mm-hmm. the end scene. Uh, even, like, the moment with, with Angel and Buffy was the best of that kind of situation you can hope for. And, uh, you know, just don't, like, I don't know. It, I remember good stuff from this episode, but then rewatching it, I was like, God, there's so much filler in this thing. Yeah. God, there's so much filler. And that Gora Demon's inexcusable. Oh, I didn't even talk about this during the Gora Demon thing. I forgot to say, I feel bad for the Gora Demon. Mm. That, thing, that thing can't move. It can't move. <laughs> Who's it going to hurt? It can't get out of the sewers. It cannot move. And you went in there, stole its baby, and killed it. It was just chilling. 
Two babies. I do. Messed up. Messed mm-hmm. up. Yeah. God. Anyway. Stacia. Oh my God. Uh, I ranked this um, 41 out of 95. Okay, right. I mean, higher, high higher middle. Higher me, I feel like, maybe. Uh, I don't know. Okay, where are we going? I don't really know where to put this one. I put it below Earshaw and above Graduation Day Part 2. Okay. Graduation Day Part 2 is the less good of the two. Is that? I don't know. Whatever, I'll have to accept it. Where is the Dark Age? It's below it. It's like five beneath it. Yeah, okay. All right. Wow, guys, I was, I was, I was oscillating on like I'm gonna put this in like in the top ten. I was like I'm gonna put this at number six, and I was like number nine. Damn. But now you know I'm just trying to think about episodes that were coming. I mean, I just think that the 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 them that last scene specifically, and just like what it sets up for the future with resurrection, are so strong. But we have really, really poked all the holes that I was feeling. This episode absolutely holds up to to the lore that I thought in my head, but I just wish it was more like conversations. I just a little douse of that would have fucking made this really excellent. I'm not going to go that low. I'm gonna wait rank it way too high, but I was gonna put it at number six, but I think I'm gonna knock it down to sixteen because I think I'm overvaluing how good this is, but I still wanna say like it's a great episode. And I think in a, on a different world, I, I don't know if this was top ten. When I ranked it way back in the day, but I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was or very close or number 10 or something like that. I mean, I love this, but I mean, it's not as good as The Gift and it's not as good as Once More. And we still have a lot of great episodes to come. So I just need to acknowledge that. But I think that the things that happen in this episode are so iconic. And I think about that, that forever stuff a lot. So at the end, it's so good. So, but yeah, 16, we'll say 16. Yeah, that scene and like, yeah, the Willow stuff. I kind of forget the like how significant that feels in the moment, and it's only in hindsight, right? But like, wow. And that that did really make me feel better too, because if if Willow in fact had walked out of that room and Don just found the book, I think it would go down twenty more points at that point. Like all these things yeah. are really holding up, and the Gore Demon and them are trying so hard to drag it down, but those things to me are just so strong, and I'm so glad they do it, as it makes the show like feel like a total show that we know because we get all the great stuff with Willow that we see later and. It doesn't feel it, you know. It doesn't feel out of place. It feels organic. So they're they're laying the groundwork, which is nice. So well, sixteen does feel high, but we've all made mistakes, and maybe this won't be a mistake in the end. We'll see. We'll see. How's forever? Does forever work for you? Okay. Well, that's done. Forever in the books, man. We are really in the home stretch for for season five. It's crazy how fast the end of this season happens because of the airing schedule. We have that huge break after the body, right? And and, and then we have forever. And then it's every week until the end. And yep. I feel like yep. we don't always structure like that. There's usually a big break between, like, e- even just, like, the last two episodes, there's a break in between those. But no, this is every week until the end. And it really feels like that. It, it does start to feel like this is a big movie or a mini series uh, right cool. at the end instead of, of being this um, kind of serial thing. But join us next time for Intervention. I can't 100% remember what this episode is other than the Buffy bot. Oh, yeah, it's Spike getting tortured by Glory Buffy bot stuff. But we're not there yet. Stacia, do you have anything else to say about this episode of TV? R.I.P. again, Joyce. Yeah, that's nice. (laughs) Daniel? 
Yeah, R.I.P. Joyce. I mean, I wish you were the person that the they... R.I.P. Zombie Joyce. Yeah, Zombie Joyce, too. I wish you were the person that they talked <laughs> about. Um, I, I wanted to see your how strong you were. Uh, we never saw that on the show, yeah. but I believe it. I believe it. I don't believe it. She had all the answers. All the answers. She was a great person. We want. We all want Joyce to have been the person that Spike and Buffy thought she was. I, I, yes. But we will, we'll, we'll see you next time. Until then. This is clunky. Stacia, say goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Daniel, say goodbye. What do you know? A bitty beat me pod. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. And the colors of the sea Find your eyes with trembling mermaids And you touch the distant beaches With tales of brave Ulysses How his naked ears were tortured By the sirens I just got in there ten minutes earlier. You said they told you it wouldn't have made a difference. They said, probably, wouldn't have made a difference. And you see a girl's brown bunny dancing through the turquoise. The exact thing they said was probably. I haven't told that to anyone. I didn't even start CPR until they told me. I fell apart. I need help. Okay, Giles, I need grown-ups. These children are going to die if we don't act now, okay, and think clearly. There is no room for mistakes. Besides which, guys are just wigging me out. Sorry. We'll behave.